Cavers! Welcome again to Dear Me Pendle Revisited. It's Ryan here. Uh, I'm currently flying solo. Um, we had again some technical issues, which we have, we believe, now got to the bottom of, uh, which means it was on my end, and I'm now recording things in my car as we as we speak. So uh, it's fun and games going forward. Candy's on the golf course, so I've just had to dive in here. Episode five. We're talking about goalkeepers. Um, I think we'll probably end up just getting straight into it here, guys. So. Uh, episode 5, Dear Me, Pendle Revisited, Goalkeepers. Enjoy it, guys. Yeah, so it started off with um, Big Danny Lovett um, in goal. Oh, Big Dan. He, what was your first impressions of Dan as a, as a keeper? Joe, you know when we first come over, obviously, um, Dan, he's, he looked the part, didn't he? He was um, big size to him. He, you know, he, he looked like he, he loved commanding his, his goal and... Uh, yeah, he just looked the part, and it was like, "Yep, that's our keeper." Like happy days, sort of thing. Yeah, he was. A, he had a he had a big big frame on him, Dan, and um, you know, left footed goalkeepers. I think always do look. Uh, there's always something a little bit special about a left footed <laughs> keeper. I think it always looks. Uh, yeah. It always looks nice. Yeah. Um, and he was good. Good shot stopper as well, Dan. His his kicking probably wasn't. I mean, out out of hand, it was decent sort of thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, he scored a he scored a couple of screamers in training. I seem to remember a friendly as well, sort of towards the end. He he scored a goal, probably over James Ornsby. I seem feel like most of our stories seem to be over James Ornsby. Yeah, but he uh, he scored a, a screamer of a left foot volley. So you know, I think the game we won two nil. But you know, it was a that's a recurring theme throughout our keepers who none of them wanted to stay and go and all wanted to play out on pitch. Yeah, that's it. And and sort of a, a first impression when we was training with him, like you say, it was. He didn't really know he was the, the the keeper on that sort of first or second training session because he was you know messing about on the pitch like with everyone else. But um, obviously on the pitch it was a different story. You know, goalkeeping in itself is a is a, a risky trade in that you know if your mistakes are highlighted and he did have a he was prone to the odd the odd howler. Um, can you remember any in particular? Uh, the one that comes to mind straight away. With Dan was, um, I think I think it might have been in a cup game. I can't remember, but over Bromford's and Bromford's were a good team in our first couple of seasons, and uh, I think we ended up losing five uh, one. One of the things he he did do a couple of times, and, and this is sounds similar to you know the times he did it was you know a ball's been crossed in low, not too much pace on it, and as a keeper would normally usher it out of play wide wide arms open. Um, thinking it's going to go sort of behind the goal or into the side netting as worse, and, it, and it's actually gone into the uh, inside the near post, and you just see Dan's face, his howler face. You know that was probably symptomatic of uh, of what was going on with us uh, on that day. But you know, my other my other big memory of of Dan was um, was a game over at Holy Cross where Rick got in some. Uh, you know, in a bit of a fracas, um, as Rick tended to do up on the halfway line. Uh, and then, a, you know, I was playing in the back four and you turn around and all of a sudden the goalkeeper's coming steaming <laughs> forward. Gloves are flying off everywhere and he's steaming up to get involved in a bit of a bit of handbags, which, well, you know, I'm sure Dan will be going up to uh, 
would have been going up to to keep the peace. And um, as a, you know, I've seen plenty of stuff on Facebook of him doing a lot of boxing refereeing, and um, you know, I'm sure he was just going up there to to make sure everything was tickety boo. But if he fancied weighing in. Um, I wouldn't fancy being the one that was uh, up against him because, no, that's right. you know, also seeing from Facebook, he uh, he liked to box himself yeah. and uh, he looked handy. Yeah, definitely. So then we go on to Roycey, um, mm. and when Roycey come over, he, he was, sort of, you know, that was a, you know, as a young young lad, sort of first time playing in um, men's football from memory. You know, I feel like he was, he might have even been under under 18. He was maybe 17, 18. Mm. And to come over and go, I'm going to play in goal, I thought was a real fucking hell. Yeah. You know, Rod Stewart's turned up and he fancies, <laughs> he fancies it with a number one shirt. Yeah, that's it. Um, but, you know, he was a fantastic keeper that first season, wasn't he? Oh, it's just unbelievable. Like, I did not expect it one moment. And he, he took the ball by the horns, as they say. And, um, well, as we know, he, he went on and, and won Pendle's um, player's player, didn't he, that year? And uh, the first year we done it and absolute blinding from him. Yeah, he was fantastic signing him and him and Ben coming over was a real um, real stroke for us and uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about talk about that next week in uh, in next week's episode, yes. which we'll we'll allude to at the end. But you know, Royce was a he sort of came over and said, I'm not I'm not actually a goalkeeper, but I'm happy to play in goal sort of thing. He said it was the only way I felt I was going to get in the team. And, well, the Roycey that evolved from that, he, you know, if he had showed showed that at the start, he probably would have walked in the team. You know, a little bit of confidence. And maybe just being that bit younger, maybe lack of experience, you know, around like the older gentleman and stuff, maybe uh, he, he felt that was his way and, he, and he, he didn't fancy himself on pitch that first year. Yeah, which, you know, like I say, he came on and uh, did a fantastic job. But... It was probably only that first. He probably only did one season uh, in yeah. goal, I think, and then and then came out on pitch. But yeah, so he, he endeared himself Royce to to Brownie from uh, from maybe in a cup game when you know warming up before the game, he's like oh, I could go to penalties, and, and Royce probably fancied himself to um, to make a name for himself by by saving a few. But in the warm up, he was just absolutely pinging penalties in the top bins. Um, and so when it came to right, who's going to take the penalties? I remember. You know, we're going, well, Brownie going, well, Royce, he's got to take one. And Paul's like, he's the fucking goalkeeper. He can't, <laughs> he can't take one. And he's like, you didn't see him in a warm-up. He's pinged five out of five in the top bins. He's got to be taking one. And to be fair to him, I think he, he stepped up and did hammer it home in the uh, in the shootout. So, yeah. you know, definitely a, definitely a, a great signing for us um, in goal. But then, obviously, for the for the next, you know, eight or nine years, he was, he was fantastic out on pitch for us yeah. as well. So then next up, I had Dylan. Um, not a lot of people will remember Dylan, but he did have his, his year. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't even a year. No. Because he, you know, if you remember correctly, he uh, he broke his finger. I can't even remember where that game was, but he, he broke his finger um, somewhere. And, and as all, all Pendle goalkeepers at the time, um, you break your finger, you can't play in goal. You all of a sudden want to turn into a, a player along the back four. <laughs> um, yeah. And... Yeah, he didn't, you know, like I say, didn't have much of an impact. The broken finger and then um, Jack Ranger getting sent off for calling him a cunt in a, in a cup game. <laughs> yes. When, when he was running a line and, uh, and Blakey didn't take too kindly to uh, to Jack um, abusing an official. No, that's right. Um, even though he was just one of our subs and a mate. But... Yeah. And I suppose, you know, with him, he, he, he probably did get us out of trouble when he signed um, because Royce wanted to come out on pitch next season. 
didn't have a keeper. So he probably did get, get us out of trouble, to be fair to him. Um, black goalkeeper gloves, that's the only other thing I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we sort of came on to that period where, whereby quite a few different people um, went in goal. Um, you know, myself, yourself, we'll talk about us in a minute. Mm. But um, the first first one I had down in, in this sort of melee of, 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 or this crazy period of time was um, Ricky Shepherd. What was your thoughts on Rick in goal? Do you know what? Obviously, you know, we missed Rick on pitch when he did go in goal. But... Um... As a keeper, you're 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 the other team turning up. You don't ain't aware that he ain't the proper keeper, and the sheer size and demeanour of Rick in the goal, commanding the box, nothing phased him. You know, um, for me, he had a fantastic distribution of the ball. He wasn't scared of um, walking with it at a goal and taking it as far as he could before we had he had to kick the ball. You know, he could launch a throw. You know three quarters of the way oh, yeah. to get us on the breakaway. Yeah, yeah. Um and he weren't the regular keeper, but he was another one who just who just loved the experience of it because he, he could be a bit of a battering ram to the centre forwards at times. So uh Yeah, I mean the main memory of Rick as well is, you know, coming for crosses. If if the ball was you know, if it was a hung up corner mm. and the ball's between the penalty spot and the edge of the box He'd have, he'd have no qualms of going, no, that's my ball, I'm coming for that. No, that's right. Now, that, that led to a few... I can't ever really remember actually causing us a, a goal, but it certainly led to a few uh, heart-and-mouth moments, yeah. certainly for the Pendle faithful on the sidelines. Yeah. But it, um, it, it was certainly entertaining, and and, it, and that was his way of you know of influencing the game, yeah. um, Rick, I'm sure. Rick was the one I felt, for me, at the time was the one that we missed the most when he went in goal. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, you had me, you um, and Jack Ranger, who we're going to come on to in a second. We were, we had, there was other players that could fill in in our positions and do a pretty, you know, do a decent enough um, job at the time. Whereas I felt Rick, you know, he was still a goal scoring machine for us at that, at that time. Jack hadn't quite come along. Um, Royce, he was, was sort of, he was starting to turn into, the the goal scorer um, that he became and and Jim was about but yeah. Rick was still scoring twenty twenty five a season at that point and and him going in goal as much as yeah okay he, he filled a void and, and and sort of done a done a turn for us uh, and enjoyed it himself there um, he, he was still you know still a massive handful out on the pitch yeah when, yeah and, and missed for us when he went in goal just a different caliber of player wasn't he um, then probably. Kenzie, come on to yourself, I suppose. What was what was your what was your feelings as a keeper? Yeah, do you know what? I've always gone in goal, whether it's just over over the field or school or whatever. Like growing up, and I love going in goal. I, I, I you know, I was, I was very close to coming uh, over to Pendle and maybe playing in goal, especially coming from the the rugby world. But um, I always enjoyed it. I always felt you couldn't really be a villain in goal if you was doing a job if that makes sense uh, it's always nice you know you can always make mistakes in goal like I did and, and we've all we've all done but um, no I, I enjoyed it and I, I like the feeling of getting the team sort of out of tr- trouble um, I thought I was a good shot stopper uh, communication I could use both feet 
it just I, I knew my heart was out on the pitch so deep deep down yeah know? I mean I, I suppose you, you played a fair bit at, um, when you played rugby fair bit at fullback you sort of that last line of defence didn't you sort of thing <laughs> yeah yeah that's right and, and it was nice especially in the later years when I was a bit more sort of in amongst organising the team when, when you play on goal and you can watch the team you almost get that that easier input than trying to play in like the 10 on the pitch and trying to think, right, what we're going to do at half time, what this, what that. When you're actually playing goal, you, you can actually get a better scope, you know, and you can, the communication with your back four, you know, it's, it was fan, fantastic to sort of experience it sometimes. Yeah, you see the, you see the game from a different perspective, um, being yeah. in goal. So the next one I, was, uh, I alluded to before was um, in, that, in that time was Jack Ranger. Yeah. Um, Thoughts on Jack? If I say to you, Jack Ranger, goalkeeper, what's your first thing that comes to mind? Ken? First thing that comes to mind is Jack Ranger, big tip over the bar. Love the tip over the he bar, did. Jackie he did. Ranger. He, he did love a, a a big sort of save for the cameras, if you will. But a, but a solid, um, a solid keeper as well. Oh, absolutely! Another one who wasn't phased by it. He very very confident anywhere on the pitch, and you know, tall fella Jack. You know, didn't mind doing the 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 duty of coming for the ball, commanding his area, good communicator, very, very good. And you could, you could tell he, he's a, you know, his experience of playing them sort of Saturdays and stuff like that um, shows. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was going to say that was, that was a very uh, sort of Jack Rangery trait. I think, uh, you know, that he had, mm. that was, that he sort of had a, you know, almost a professionalism that maybe we didn't really have because we, you know, we'd never played Saturday football. We'd, we'd sort of come from playing kids football. And, and whilst we, you know, we like to, you know, me and you were certainly were tried to be sensible in, in what our approach was. And Jack just had a, you know, on the pitch, certainly you felt like, oh, he's a player with a bit more experience, even though he was, he was younger. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with that. And, um, I'm sure he'll be very humble with them comments. And I, I would add, like, a monster goal kick on the boy as well as one of his top quality traits in goal. Yeah, out of hand, it was like, you know, that was a that was a real weapon. Yeah, um, certainly going down the hill, it was a it was definitely a weapon. Yeah, definitely. So I've then got probably just a a one off, <laughs> a fucking one off rogue appearance, which I wasn't there for, but. It, it went down in Pendle folklore, uh, and that was Andrew <laughs> Elv Cohen. Fuck me, I, I, I weren't even sure if we was going to. No, we couldn't. We couldn't not. That yeah. was, I mean, you, were you, were you, did you play in the game? The... Yeah, we, yeah, we, we actually went one 0 up against the Tero on the Astro turf. Yeah, and uh, I think we lost something like twelve one or something like that. Just and like, for the first few minutes, he, he started off all right, and then the realization just kicked kicked in and if I'd put I'd probably say L's footballing skills uh, or probably goalkeeping skills I'd put him akin to to the Makeda of Pendle um, Rob Stam in his <laughs> you know he was a five-a-side specialist small small goal and right. a lot of energy Elf could probably do you a, do you a job in goal but um, yeah different mm. different animal um, in the in the big nets um, and then um, the other the other two names again just before we, we come on to, to myself really is so I've got, you know, one one was sort of before our time, and certainly did a did a job in a few of the charity matches, and then the other the other did um, would have played in goal probably a handful of times um, when we were there, but not he was he was more known for uh, for his multicoloured uh, appendage, and that was the, uh, <laughs> that was Lee and Tony Massa, the Massa brothers. 
Um, Tony, obviously, slightly before our time, but was uh, was well involved in the uh, in the social side of Pendle, which were which we were always thankful for. And yeah. fucking what a, what a character um, Tony Massey is, an, an absolute legend. But um, but yeah, Lee Massey was probably more in our in our era, if you like, of um, of, of playing. Yeah, he, de- he definitely had his time where he, he had a few stints in goal, and I know he he didn't want to. He preferred playing right back at times, and and you know at the start of the show, the big shout of keepers, as we saw on Facebook, you know Brownie said to us that one of Massa's famous shouts was keepers and and probably missing the ball, and you know Mass, you, you did your bit, and like like Ryan just said in the charity games, superb always come over and do it for us when we needed the keeper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that then uh, leads us on to you then, mate. Um, so, first of all, what what's it like being a Pendle keeper in amongst that melee of keepers? Yeah, so not too dissimilar to yourself, Kenzie. Um, growing up, I'd always done a bit in goal, enjoyed it, you know, mucking around in the garden with my old man or whatever, and I always probably sort of saw myself in the in the junior sides I played in as being like a second keeper. If the other keeper didn't fancy it, I always sort of said, "Yeah, I'll go." You know, I doubled me, I'll go in goal. Um, and so when we went on to Pender, it was probably a similar thing um, where we had that sort of melee and we sort of did it. You know, every other week kind of thing that we'd we'd switch around. Um, and it was yeah. probably one of those where I just sort of started enjoying it more and more, kind of thing. What what made you, and then how did you come to your decision? Talk us through of, right, I'm, I'm going to go full-time now. Let, let's cut the crap. Let's so, just, it was, it was probably full-time. a couple of the, the, maybe, I can't remember if it was the season before that or a couple of seasons, but I remember the season of the, the recon four-all penalty shootout. That season, I seem to remember, probably it sort of shifted between, right, I do a game, you do a game, Jack does a game. It was more like maybe I was doing two or three mm. games then you would jump in for a yeah. game um, and things like that sort of thing. And, and probably because I had a decent decent season, then I, I started to enjoy it. You know, I had a, made a couple of penalty saves in that in that shootout against Recon. Um, and then I think I made a penalty save um, the week after, um, which is probably the one which is the uh, photo that you will put out with the, the episode, I would imagine, um, which is a <laughs> yes. penalty save that I always <laughs> felt was more in the corner. Than fucking what it was. It always, <laughs> from when I remembered it, it was right to the corner <laughs> and I tipped it onto the post. And then on the, on the fucking, on the photo that your old man took, it looks like I've just fucking fallen down, fallen down to my left and there was no dive involved <laughs> at all. But, um, but yeah, so I think it was partly that and then probably partly as well, similar to what you said probably in the first episode about, you know, your left foot getting you in a, getting you in a team. But yeah, with, with the, some of the players that we'd brought in, um, the team was getting sort of better and better, and I was probably, you know, not up to the standard playing out on pitch anymore. Certainly, the fitness standard. I think, you know, I, I sort of always would have backed myself for for having, you know, being a decent enough footballer or reader of the game. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't quick enough. I wasn't fit enough um, to get in the side anymore. So I probably sort of saw a bit mm. of a, you know, a bit of longevity for myself to say, right, let's go and go. Is there a? Is there a Gary Neville against West Brom moment where you thought, mm, not sure about on this pitch no more? You know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm a bit done here, sort of thing. You know, I remember the game over Bastable getting absolutely fucking a volley of abuse from the sidelines playing left back. It wasn't particularly uh, enjoyable. <laughs> uh, 
and from a from a player rather than like you know a friend or anything like that, a player. I think a lot of the boys would say at the time when you when you said boys, I'm going go. I think everyone it was a bit of a sigh of relief almost for a lot of the boys because it's like fuck me, we've got a we've got a sturdy sort of foundation here. We've got a goalkeeper going in pre season every year. It was like right, what we're going to do this pre and no one could get the squad or the the first eleven couldn't get a smooth. Role going, you know what I mean. We've started with a similar team, trying to go out and win. You know what I mean. It was, I think, a boys like to see that we had a, a keeper. Talk us through some of your best so, moments. Uh, best, best moments wise, I think definitely in the in the last season actually, um, and we'll, we'll obviously we'll talk about what what led into that. But there was a game against Southfields um, that we won quite relatively early on in the season, when um, we won that two one. And I remember in that there was a there was probably three or four saves I made in that game that were probably up there with three or four of the best saves I've ever made. Um, one, you know, one was a was a free kick. One of those where all the all you know all the people on the sideline have gone up thinking it's in, you know, and I just you know real full yeah. stretch left hand low down just managed to turn it around the post. There was a deflected one in the first half, and then there was. You know, maybe tipped over a, a relatively simple one in the second half, and then probably five minutes to go, Dadegiza threw one on one. You know, it was a good move, passed across, and he just did it first time. And one of those where he sort of, you know, got down low and made a and made a good save, sort of thing. That was they were probably my, you know, the best best moments probably as a as a keeper, sort of thing. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, there was definitely some some good saves, and I can't remember the game, but you may have even mentioned it. But I remember one where you, you just got us out of trouble, and it was I think we might have won sort of one nil, but you got man in the match because if you kept us in it, we could have lost sort of three or four one, and that was probably it wasn't the last season; it was probably like um, towards the end of our seasons, but that sticks out to me. But yeah. Um, so, some some good memories there. Any other little uh, snippet memories? Yeah, you you, uh, you uploaded that photo on Facebook, um, asking for a couple of memories, and there's probably one on there we need to we, we should probably discuss um, that Jack mentioned, which uh, I'll come on to in a second. But uh, yeah, the, the 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 cap, that cap, which I think I think I've still got Ooh. in my wardrobe somewhere, um, because <laughs> it was one that <laughs> for the longest time. It was just part of the kit bag. It was it was one that it was, it was one that Paul had from somewhere. I can't even couldn't even tell you. Was it a Red Bull cap? Maybe. And Red Bull. Um, it yeah, was just it, it was always there for a for the unexpected winter low sunny you know low winter sun piercing through and you all of a sudden you needed yeah. a cap. Not that it ever really did yeah. a massive amount. I felt wearing a, wearing a cap, but you just sort of feel like you you should be wearing one and you can't moan <laughs> no. about the sun otherwise. No. I think we've there's me, you, Jack Ranger, probably Lee Weller. A lot of us have probably all got that picture somewhere where we've got our hand up and the yeah. cap is there, front yeah. and centre. Yeah, Rick, Rick yeah, like you say, everyone, Dan, Dan fucking love it. Yeah. You know, going all the way back, that 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 cap probably uh, remained constant through the whole thing. Um, the other little memory I had sort of thing, and it was, it was when we was... Um, we was talking about Lance that sort of that brought it back really, and it was arranging at a fucking wall. At Pendle it was a fucking nightmare. It was a, no cunt would ever listen to you <laughs> when you're going. But boys, four in the wall, 
Four in the wall. Four in the, four in the wall, boys. Four in the wall. Four in the wall. Four. Four. How many do you want in the wall, right? I've said it 20 times. Four. And left, left, right, you know, fucking no one's there looking at <laughs> you to try and organise it. And you're losing your absolute head. And the best thing we ever did was, and I think it probably something that Lance took on himself and just went, look, I'll go in the wall and I'll be the one that every free kick, I'll look at you and go left, you know, and you tell me where you want us to go. And you organise a wall and fucking fair play to Lance to take yeah. it out because that made us, uh, made it a hell of a lot easier on, on our side yeah. of things. As you put it out there and, and Jack Sam likes to fucking remind me on numerous occasions. So it was the season after we won the cup and we was then trying to defend it in the semi-final uh, against, probably against Southfields again, I would have thought, was it? Um, over at, uh, over Bart's the basketball. Yes, Southfields, um, yeah. One all going into the last, yeah. you know, probably with 10 minutes to go on a quite a windy day when I had my me, me hip flexor injury um, and, you know, my confidence probably <laughs> wasn't that high um, because I'd been, you know, I've been yeah. nursing that injury probably for the most part of that that second half of the season. Um, and it definitely played in my mind in terms of, you know, getting down quickly for shots and things like that. That was, it was, you know, it was always there. And I was thinking about it. All the, I remember doing some good work with yourself just before that game. And it was, it was feeling good. But it, again, it was just always yeah. one of those that was just twigging in the mind. Um. And yeah, free kick from from the centre circle um, that they took that came in and just missed misjudged how to go for it. Um, didn't really come and command it on a windy day uh, because the wind did howl over there um, over at Bastable and just didn't quite yeah. command it enough. Came out, off, tried to sort of just stand up and front up the ball almost and just get something on it. Um, and just misjudged it, and it's bounced through my legs and gone in, and we lost two one in the in a cup semi final. Um, <laughs> but you know, oh, to be honest, yeah. there was there was something that you know coming out of that game for me that was, you know, I remember uh, Steve Drake, like Bill's old man, was like, you know, they were trying, everyone was trying to go, oh no, there was someone running in front of you, he, he was interfering and he was offside, and I was like, you know, for me, and that yeah. they that didn't even fucking come into, you know, I didn't even see that geezer at all it didn't even come into my vision at all I just yeah. completely fucked it and you know I'd always always pride myself on being able to go nah I fucked up there and I'll put my hand up and say yeah and like I say the, the, the back end of that, that that injury really did sort of play on my mind for that for that whole that whole season and it obviously led on to to a little bit of um, confusion probably um Heading into the heading into what became Pendle's final season, Kenzie. Yeah, and uh, when I said to you about this episode, this is it's quite difficult for me to to say or be part of, and you know, like secrets revealed almost. You know, I don't want it to to seem that way, but um, I was in a difficult position. I, I was heavily, you know, helping Paul organise the team, and and Paul had informed me that you know. Um, he he was thinking about sort of different avenues for the team and this that and the other and of course with, with yourself you you had your injury and we all know in the summer you like to go off and play your various sports whether that was cricket or, or baseball that sort of thing and and then pre season what that meant was other people had to do the shifts in goal etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And what had happened was um, Charlie had come up to me and said, I'm not feeling it on the pitch anymore. Um, I think we look better with so-and-so left back. I think blah, blah, blah. I've got my reasons. I think in about, you know, saying I'll, I'll be in goal or be one of the keepers. And I, all right, Charles, right, what's up? Oh, we talk about it, you know, we had a lot of time to talk about it. Then Jack Ranger wanted to come back at that time. He wasn't there or thereabouts. And he said, I wanted to come back in goal. And I knew Jack was a strong keeper. So through pre-season, you think, well, that's all right. We've got two people rotating in goal. Brilliant. Um, but knowing you're due back. And in all fairness to Jack and Charlie, they, they both didn't want to take any, like, your position. And they was like, well, what, what's Ryan doing? Is he playing? Is he da-? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, as far as I know, yeah. But what what was difficult is that um, Paul had said to me, um, you know, do, do you reckon Lucio will, would be up for maybe running the team? Because I'm going to start winding down um, at the end of, like, the season coming up and I, I said well you know I don't know and from my point of view I had sort of two three four players coming up to me saying well is he getting over this injury we've got two people that want to play in goal you know um, are we going to strengthen or are we going to say the same then there was rumours about um, what's his name Jed from Maryland's uh, yeah Maryland's think, thinking about wanting to come over and, and people were like Fuck me! If he wants to come over, like, what more can we do? Sort of thing. It was a tug of war between loyalty, performance, injury, people that had been giving it sort of through the summer in preseason, performing well, and I found myself in the middle. Um, and, it's, and I remember the text message, and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to read through the text message or nothing like that. But I remember you saying to me, Kenzie, can you just sort of run through sort of what's going on? Blah blah blah. I feel like maybe I should have had a little bit of heads up. I'm, I'm up for sort of fighting for my place in the team, but just let me know if I am doing that or if I'm just coming back first day of the season. Yeah, so I think I, I managed, you know, hugely played a couple of pre-season games, played one one that start of that season and probably had another one lined up for, for literally, you know, sort of week four season start. For me, it was the way it, it was. I, I sort of found out it was like, right, OK, um, do you want to... I sort of saw it as... Do you want to not play anymore and just take over the team in, instead, sort of thing? And I was still, you know, definitely interested in playing. Um, mm. And it was just because, you know, no one, like, so, like I say, if, if I'd have, if someone had said, look, we've got a couple of people who, who would want to play in goal, can you get over for a couple of pre season games? I'd have made myself, you know, I, I, I would like to think I'd have made myself available to, to play them and, and fight for my position. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I remember then I was sitting in the same position I am now, actually, where um, I spoke to Paul um, and sort of had a conversation, and it was sort of along the lines of, "Oh yeah, well, your form at the end of last season wasn't wasn't great," and it, and it wasn't, you know, to be fair, I wasn't I wasn't the best, but you know, from, in my head, I was like, mm. "Well, I was carrying an injury, and I said I was carrying an injury and shouldn't really be playing," and it was like, "Oh no, no, we still want you to play, and still need you to play," so that was where. Um, yeah. where it came from for me but you know I'll be honest it, it, that spurred me on in that last you know I think I've probably had my um, I think I had a, I did have another season where I won players player but I think that season was probably my best season that last last year it was where I felt 
you know, I think I felt I probably had, you know, in terms of a man management point of view, if that was if that was the grand plan all along, then Paul Paul nailed it. But <laughs> it was it was my um, <laughs> you know, I think it was probably my best season that last season, or certainly my like I say, I felt I had a point to prove and um, yeah. and went out to try and influence games as much as you can from being a goal, really. <laughs> So, as we put out there, we've been asking for people to send their questions and comments in. We've had a, a good question, which has turned or is going to turn into a feature of ours, and it's going to be the, the top five feature. Um, and what we've been asked is, boys, um, which players over your years at Pendle had you wished had played more? Start with your number five, and then I'll chip in if they're the same, and... Um... Yeah, if not, I'll I'll chip in with one of mine. Yeah, and uh, I think when I was putting a load of my top fives together, I've, I've done you know they are in a list. I've got a top five, and and in fifth, someone I wished had played more. He did play a lot, but it was because if we could have him in a physical and desirable state for longer at Pendle, especially with the good like talented players we got coming in down the years, and Harry he may have played with them. Um, I would have loved to have seen a hundred percent Rick for more years, and that's Ricky Shepherd. Sort of, you sort of thinking that the, you know, he, he left just before, almost sort of just before we started to get a bit successful. That's and I don't think, you know, I, I don't think those two things were linked in any way. I think no. it was just, a, it was just a bit of a natural progression of the, of the team, and, and again, what Rick had going on. Um, I'm sure away away from the game, but. It'd been really interesting to see Rick interacting with, you know, a fire in Jack Stam. You know, I think they, yeah. they they crossed over a little bit, but maybe only for a season when Jack was really young. Yeah. But you know, a, a, you know, a Jack three or four years into his career when he was absolutely banging him in mm. with Rick. Um, you know, Billy Drain. You know, it would have been fascinating to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, yourself. Yeah, and so for, for me, actually, it was uh, sort of similar, but. Um, but sort of at the back end, I suppose, we was Jack. Um, now, obviously, we had him for for a good few years um, playing, but he it was just those that those couple of injuries and any sort of work commitments that he picked up towards the back end. Um, you know, you never know whether it would have propelled us on to to still you know just keeping the team going a little bit longer if we you know mm. because I think he was a big big you know his goals going out of the team much as you know Jay came in and did well. Jack, you know, Jack was a, a real twenty-five goals a season yeah. man, sort yeah. of thing, and um, big, big game player, big goal, you know, scorer of big goals in in that time, sort of thing. So, yeah. so who's next on your list, then, mate? Well, next is someone who didn't have a lot of time with on the pitch, um, but you know, for my position and the way we could have worked together, and for the lovely man that he was, was Maisie. Absolutely, would have loved to have seen him hung about for longer. Yeah, I had Maisie on my list as well. Yeah. Um, fantastic, you know. Again, just in that in that early period, really good, nice guy to have on and off the pitch. Yeah. Um, good around the, you know the couple of um, the couple of uh, charity games that he either took part in, um, but at, you know, wand of a left foot. Um, and yeah, you could yeah, like you say, you felt there was a real uh, real buzz about a little partnership. Yeah. That you two were forming down that left side. Sort of yeah, and I just I wish you know it would have gone on for long longer. Uh, personally, and obviously the, the the left back sort of position has been filled with a few different people over the years, like the games he couldn't play, and then uh, into the second season, our big Adam come into it. I had to rotate. It was a bit of a mixture. I would have just loved to have seen him 
a solid left back for two or three years. Yeah. Number three. Number three. So, um, I think we've both got a, a, a same surname at number three, haven't we? But um, mine's going to be someone who probably would have took my position ultimately, and uh, that would have been Mr. Tom Ranger. Yeah, you had Tom. You had Tommy Ranger. I had Jack Ranger. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom looked always looked a class above sort of thing when he came and came and played for us on the on the few odd friendlies he did sort of thing. Yeah. Um and he was he was the real sort of one that got away. Obviously, you know, we, we know why he why he couldn't because you know, because of his commitments for Saturday football. Yeah. But it was um you know, it was a real shame we couldn't have uh, couldn't have signed him because he was a fantastic player. I, th- I think it it could have been a difference in a lot of not only games but maybe like a season or two. We were just looking for that. That we needed that other X factor, didn't we? And I think he could have been that man. Yeah, especially you know, centre mid or even you know, wide left. He, he he was a real just sort of another another cutting edge. There was a lot of pressure on Bill probably at that time yeah. and, and Jack to deliver and Royce. Um, so having another you know top class player for that standard, yeah, um, would would have made a massive difference. Definitely. Um, and I had Jack Ranger for for you know almost for similar sort of. Similar sort of reasons. I think Jack, any time he stepped on a pitch, would give you fucking one hundred and ten percent and give you everything. And you know his desire was um, was something that you know we we missed every now and then, you know when he wasn't playing sort of thing. So yeah, um, he, you know, and he was a fantastic lad to have around the dressing room. Good, good crack, good yeah. banter. Yeah, um, always a good laugh down the crane afterwards and on nights out. So it was, um, yeah, it was a shame when um, when his sort of time came to uh, to a bit of an end. Um, yeah, and what I liked about him on a, on a personal note, he when I sort of tried to sort of merge in and try to organise a few more bits and pieces, he he was almost like a a helping hand to me. He'd be like, Kenzie, do you need me to do this or need me to do that? I can do that. Um, and he and he, he was buzzing about it. Very enthusiastic, I think is the word to describe him. Yeah, and that's yeah, what that's what I missed. But yeah, and number two, number two. Well. Um, Hopefully he uh, won't mind me having him in the in the sort of number two position, and uh, I hate but love to say it, Ryan. That that been your old man. If he could have played with us for years and years, my words. What a excellent, experienced player and man to have had around the, the Pendle squad, both on the pitch and obviously in and around the charity days, year after year. Yeah, he was, you know, unfortunately, I, I actually put him on my list as well. And I don't <laughs> like to talk about the old man too much because he, he gets enough smoke blown up his ass, bless him. But he, no, he was, he was one of the things I, I enjoyed most about, um, about, you know, him keeping himself in shape, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and being able to, being able to still turn out for us and, and contribute um, for us sort of thing. And yeah, it would have been great if he, if he could have played, um, Played more, but the old, the old knees and hamstrings uh, finally uh, finally gave way, and him and him living down in Kent, it made it a little bit uh, a little bit tricky to to commute up for a, yeah. for a game every Sunday morning. Yeah. But you know, he certainly helped out on the on the times he did turn out for us, definitely. And and he's featured already in the podcast, only playing you know, however many games it was, ten twenty games over the years. He's he's already featured in the podcast, hasn't he? So know, yeah, so that'll be the last time you get mentioned. Good, gonna love it. Um, 
Okay, and then number one then, and I, I, I have an inkling the fact that he hasn't come up in the top five. Yeah. Um, and number ones are probably going to be uh, very similar. Uh, I, I hope it's similar. Um, it's not being biased. Um, you, you know him very well. It's the man I'm talking about. I've known him for years, and I hope it doesn't sound too biased. But, Mr. Owen Axel, we wanted you around more, pal. Yeah, it was a it was a shame, really. Obviously, like like you been touched on early doors when we first started, he, he joined the team at the same sort of time as me and you. I I played with him for years, sort of thing. So um, I knew what he was he was capable of, and it, and any time he did turn out for us in in any position, yeah. he never you know even if he had you know a couple of months a year without playing, he he could he was so. You know, he had not come from such a footballing family, um, knowing the axles as well, like I do. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he, he quite easily slotted back in without having much um, match practice, if you like, sort of thing. And he was a fantastic player for us. Yeah, and you know, if I envision what maybe would have been like an ultimate midfield for me and stuff like that, you know, even though he could have played anywhere, to, to just the way Owen played and 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 how he played. Around people and his communication and his his touch and his awareness, he you can definitely tell he learnt his trade at a very high level um, as a kid. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm 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 pleased. You know um, how it's gone for him. You know he's had a family like young and he, he's loving it. And uh, you know he missed out on a on a few years because of um, work commitments. I know that killed him big time. Um, but yeah, no, I mean we we. Uh, Gutted you couldn't play for for sort of longer, mate. Yeah, superb, and that sort of brings us, you know, that is uh, that was our top first top five, and we're and we're going to try and make that like say a bit of a regular feature. Um, if you've got any suggestions for for some top five lists, obviously we've got a couple that we've that we've put together ourselves. But if you've got any suggestions of a little top five you want us to do, yeah, um, then do get in touch with us, and this is how you can get in touch. And remember, guys, you can email us at pendledme at gmail.com. And, of course, you can message directly the Facebook page or comment on any of the podcast links. We look forward to hearing from you all. If anyone's got anything that they want to say or suggest or ask us any questions, something you're not sure of. And, of course, if you want to come on as a guest, then let us know. So that brings us to the end of episode five on goalkeepers. It's uh, been a good chat. It's been a, a subject close to my heart. I did love the time in goal. And, and like I say, we had a lot of weird and wonderful characters who, uh, who donned the number one and number 13 shirt for, for Pendle over the years. Um, and, a, and a few of them who got a mention um, came from a certain wonderful place uh, in Essex um, called Holbridge and that's <laughs> going to be the f- and that's going to be the feature for our next episode episode 6 which is going to be the class of Holbridge oh yes I'm thoroughly looking forward to that episode I love talking about the goalkeepers because anything to do with Pendle that's got detail and it's got depth I love talking about and now to go on to the class of Holbridge where you know we've got a guest or two lined up for you. Absolutely looking forward to it. Yeah, cheeky guest or two, um, and we may even we'll see how things how it pans out. But this may even become a little double part or over the bank holiday weekend to get you through the long weekend. Um, but yeah, buzzing for it. It's been it's been a great crack. I'm, I'm loving our chats. It's, we feel like we're starting to uh, 
starting to find a bit of bit of rhythm and a bit of a bit of a format. We'd love to hear more from you guys if you want to get in touch. Um, it's been a pleasure, Kenzie. Again, dear me, Pendle revisited episode five in the books. Um, I'll see you next time, mate. See you next time, mate. Good talking as always. Mm-hmm.